Hi all, thank you so much for clicking on the Sunflower Chronicles podcast for your listening pleasure. I would love it if before we got into the show, if you would take a minute, pause, and subscribe if you are not already. Give five stars, leave a comment, a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, share with your friends. Like, that would be so great. And I would just love it if you shared with your friends so that they can keep coming back because you keep coming back and it'll just be like this whole great big thing. But yeah, let's get on into the show. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Sunflower Chronicles podcast. All things stated here are 100% my personal opinion. So I hope that you all enjoy the show. So sit back, turn it up and stay sunny. What is up, you all? Hello, it is your girl Brie, and I'm just a black 20-something girl trying to make it in this crazy, crazy world with a little bit of sunshine and laughter to help along the way. And this is the Sunflower Chronicles podcast. I am so glad that you decided to join us today. What is up? I hope that you guys are doing well. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get to it. Get into it. Um. Let's do some get socials. First, let's catch up. What's been going on with me? Well, if you guys can't tell, I'm in a chippier mood. Um, But also, I have been doing great. So this month is May, Mental Health May. And that's kind of the mental health awareness um, in the month of May. That's when it happens. But um, I have started taking a new mental health. Well, not new. I've been taking an addition, like a new mental health medication regimen um, that I'm really liking. This is only my, this is only my fourth day on it, but I am seeing results. I really like it. Um, And yes, I'm super excited to continue using this to share it. Um, I'm on an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety medication. Um, and I love it. It is the bomb dog. So yes. So there's that update. And then the next update is I'm waiting to hear back about some big news. Um, it's like school academic big news. Um, I am so nervous, but if you guys would just take a moment to put into the universe, to pray, if you pray, I pray, Um, whatever your good ritual is that gives good thoughts, good energy, um, you know, comfort to people in times where they're hoping for good things, whatever you do, I would love if you would send some of that my way. To all my people who are prayer warriors, I would love a good prayer for all of my people who are spiritual people and have your own spiritual rituals and practices. I would love it. Just send it my way. I'm soaking it up. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. Put just good energy, good vibes my way for this big news. Um, and the thing is, it's like, I have to wait because and the semester and things like that. And it only gives you like a few weeks to make the decision once you hear. But yes, I am waiting waiting for big news. Um, and then, yeah, so that's that. So I've been waking up every day anxious as crap, but after I take my anti-anxiety medication, I'm still anxious, but it's not like debilitating to the point where it's like, and I'll like talk about, (laughs) talk about this in the Sunflower Chronicles portion of the show, but yeah. Um, so grateful for medication. So grateful. Um, So yes, big news, big news, waiting for big news. 
And then the next thing that's been up with me is um, I'm starting to write for two special passion progress, progress, what? I can't talk. I'm starting to write for two special passion projects. Um, They have been really big goals of mine for a long time. And I am super excited to write for them. I, um, it's a little tricky now, in all honesty, to sit down and find the concentration for it because I get burst of imagination. I get burst of creativity in random parts of my day. And so if I don't have my phone by me, if I don't audio record, write a note, physically write it down in a notebook or have my computer um, open to the files, it's kind of like those ideas get lost. And I have a great, a lot of great ideas in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping. And it is so hard to remind myself to like, wake up in the middle of the night and audio record something. And I have, and it sounds so garbled and I can understand what it's saying, but it literally sounds like I am just drunk. Um, but my goal for these two big projects are to have them done to send them places is by the end of December, by December or January of next year. So December of this year, January of next year. Um, yeah. So super exciting for those. I'm really excited. I'm very hopeful. I'm going to be talking more about those passion projects, you know, really fleshing out ideas over there on my buy me a coffee page. So um, I will let you guys know when I start posting stuff there so you guys can hear that stuff. Um, And then what else? Oh, my back pain is out of control. I think I'm going to have to end up seeing a neurologist soon um, to actually look at the nerves in the top of my back and my neck because I am having severe back pain, arm numbness. And I do think this is like related to my, um, to my breast. Like I want to get a breast reduction so bad, so, so bad. Like it is a dream of mine to just not have as big as boobs as I do have. And, um, and when the ball gets rolling on that, um, I will be so excited. I, um, it is a lot to have that surgery. You essentially go through like two, it's a two month recovery period of being able to like lift things and do things and all that stuff. So, Um, and so like the big decision I'm waiting on kind of determines when I can get this breast reduction surgery. Um, but I am so ready, so ready to just have it done and put it behind me because this back pain is like unbearable. Um, I'm in constant pain all of the time and when I sleep I have to sleep in certain ways because my arms go numb I can't sleep on my side because my boobs fall on my arm if I don't sleep with my arm like up like behind my head or if I don't have a space to like throw my arm behind like the headboard um at my dad's house has like I that 
I, that's really one of the only reasons I like spending the night at my dad's house, um, is because there is a gap right there. So I can, not all the time, but I can (laughs) stick my arm back there for a little bit to like get some relief, um, and get constant blood flow. Um, I've had lots of blood work done in the past. I have good blood pressure. Um, you know, all of this stuff, like the, the normal markers is like there. So it's either I have to get something done with my breast or even if I get a breast reduction and this stuff is happening, I have to go to a neurologist. Um, but yeah, so back pain is out of control. Okay, now that we've caught up in my life, let's just get into some pop culture gossip. Okay, some hot goss. So, if you all are not big up on the sports scene, I'm not up on the sports scene all the time. I like watching sports. I like watching basketball, football, really pretty much I'm not going to say anything on ESPN because some stuff I just can't sit through. But like, you know, a lot of stuff I have been sitting through um and things like that but Chris Paul oh speaking of sports and basketball first free Brittany Griner let's get her home okay on to this with Chris Paul so if you are not familiar Chris Paul plays for the Dallas Mavericks yes um Dallas Mavericks And apparently at the game on Sunday, yes, Sunday, um, Chris Paul's mother and wife got, like, assaulted, like, they got like you know unwarranted touching by fans um and his kids were also present and so the thing I would like to touch on on this is that like currently there is this whole um thing going on with like play especially like this post like I would say like last postseason there was like a few instances but like this postseason it seems like there's way more instances of like fans thinking that like professional sports specifically basketball because there's not that much of a barrier between players and fans um they're thinking it's an interactive sport they're thinking like they're playing the game with the boys like you can just yell and the players won't yell back at you babe these are grown men. By the way, these are grown men who are above 6'2". These grown men are tall. Almost 7 feet. They're giant. I don't know how people have the gumption gall audacity for that. But players have been yelling back at the fans. You know, giving some colorful hand signs to people. And they've been getting fined $20,000 per instance because they can't, you know, yell at this. And um, 
I don't know what the outcome as far as like if Chris Paul is getting fined, but like Chris Paul made the statement of he said, uh, where is it? He said, want to find players for saying stuff to fans, but the fans can put their hands on our family. F that. He tweeted that. And I wholeheartedly agree. Yes. You know, well, I don't even want to say yes, because essentially when players, when professional sports players like in the NBA, MLB, NFL, WNBA, like when sports players get into these professional arenas, for the most part, they are coming off the precipice of like their childhood. They are just entering adulthood. So they get have to jump into making gigantic financial decisions and they have to start making adult grown-up life decisions because they got an they got a a big adult job boost. You are a professional athlete now and you have the salary to match that comes with a lot of commas and a lot of zeros. But they did not sign up for people to like physically berate them and berate their family members just because they didn't win the game or they did a play that the quote unquote fan did not do. I will tell you, I hate watching sports with people who are like, oh, see, this is why this is why the so-and-so team is always doing bad. Why don't they just do X, Y, and Z? And as a person who knows people who um, are professional athletes who who one of, you know, one of my family members was a professional athlete in the NFL and like, and like also just growing up with people who I knew would get into play really well collegiately and have the potential to go into professional sports. And it is ridiculous. The amount of people who like yell from the stands what you're yelling is not going to make them play any better and it's not going to boost the morale either. Um, so yes, of course, I can get mad if a play doesn't go how a play is supposed to go. But also, there is nothing that is guaranteed in sports. It is Sports are really just big games of chance. Um, at the end of the day, like, so it, players don't sign up for that. And the fact that players, if if someone is like yelling racist, foul things at you, the fact that the players get fined for saying something is just really baffling to me. Just very, very baffling to me. Because if I were one of these players, I'd be like, colorful colorful language and how about you get on this court and do what I do because what they do is hard like the things that happen to their bodies and they have to keep going or they push themselves past their limits mentally and physically all of the time I that's why I love seeing players have hobbies you know, do quote unquote normal people things, go to the Super Bowl. If you're not a football player or even if you are a football player going to the Super Bowl, enjoying all of these 
things like doing stuff that normal people do because it gives your mind a time off and like they get so much of them so much of their life is up for public scrutiny public opinion all the time they literally stand in the court of opinion every single day whether it's with their personal relationships whether it's with their coaches whether it's with the trustees of the team like the owners of the team whether it's with the fans commentators all that stuff they get put up to scrutiny every day and the fact that they don't get an opportunity to let people know how they feel that's why when Marshawn Lynch said I'm just here so I won't get fined truly because if he said what he really wanted to say he would get fined too. It's a double-edged sword for players and there needs to be better ways for for players to be able to express that like they don't like this and also just for like crazy fans. Like not even let me take that back. For like fans who are just unruly and don't know how to act in a public sporting event. That needs to be fixed. All right. Um, next in pop culture. So there's this cosmetic company called Lila, Layla, L-A-Y-L-A Cosmetics from Italy. And this commercial for their mascara is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Less okay, so essentially, this commercial is for their the longer the better extra black mascara. So, it's a honestly, it looks like a horrible mascara just looking at the thing, looking at their Instagram post. But apparently, their CEO was in not apparently because I saw it, it literally came across my Instagram thing. And I was like, WTF. Um, but this. The CEO of this company was in a commercial that had six black men dancing naked with their um, thing pixelated, with their member pixelated. And it says, um, the longer the better extra black and these are black men who are doing it and the thing is the CEO is in the video and then I was just like what the heck that's all I saw so then I was looking up an article so I could like come with my facts and apparently the CEO's Babila Spagnolo said um double down on this she um she said that the team had created something magnificent and she said they tell me it's out of line I don't understand she's like saying that she doesn't understand what is wrong with this and um and she literally like explained why this wasn't racist and people I guess who are familiar of this brand um it's called the video vial which it was disappointed but not surprised so I'm assuming she's done other um crazy like like other problematic things too in the name of publicity for a company and um 
one customer said that the video shows how race racism is live in Italy. Um, so like, yeah, racism is everywhere, even in Europe. I spe- I feel like it's, it would be especially in Europe, but like, did no one just think, hey, maybe let's not like what I want to know what goes through some PR meeting sometimes. Like, is there no intern that's like goes up to their boss and like, hey, I know I'm not really supposed to say things. But I, don't, I don't think this will pan out well. Or do the bosses and the leaders of this of these companies and marketing teams and marketing executives have so much hubris and think that like, oh, it's okay because I, they've done this before or everything's all right. Like, no, uh-uh. I just, I don't know, but yes. So Lila Cosmetics mascara. Uh, and I will put the uh, article in the show notes because it does have a link to the Instagram video, I think, I believe, which is still up. And then the la- one of the last things I wanted to talk about in Gut Social is, so there's this video leak of Jesse Williams from a play that he's doing. Um, I don't know what the name of the play is. Oh, Take Me Out. Um, and, oh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson's in it. Um, but there is a leaked video footage that shows a full frontal shower scene of Williams. Um, of him naked in the shower. And it just went ablaze on Twitter. And the thing is, is like, I don't know. There's just a certain like, someone was saying on TikTok, I can't remember who, but like, there's just a sacredness that happens in the theater arena of like, when you go see a live show, like, not having your phone out during the performance is just is like common knowledge, common courtesy. And as a person who has performed on stages, even just with like, you know, when I was at my like dance school or concerts in college concert, like I've done concerts all growing up. I've sung on stages where the lights are so bright and people think that you can't see your phone. I can't as a, like, especially as a person who also wore glasses on some of these performances, I can't see out, but I can see your phone. If that makes any sense, like you can't clearly see, but you can see when people have their phone out and there's just a disrespect of it all. And like the fact that like, 
the the mat like that could have been like a pivotal scene I'm not familiar with this show but like that could have been a pivotal scene of the story now it's ruined like the mystery of it's ruined it's not like shows that have had long Broadway runs or a story that's familiar to people like you know I believe this is a fairly new Broadway production and and he received Tony nominations on the day that this video leaked. So whoever leaked this video, like opposite of kudos to you, because like, why, why, how, how sway? Um, yeah. So that sucks for Jesse Williams and people were like t saying all these comments and whatever. I'm sure he's gorgeous. I'm sure whatever. But, like, the fact that someone did that and, like, violated his comfortability, like, his on stage. Like, there is it, like, I feel for actors. I'm not a Broadway actor. But, like, when you have to do risque scenes, like, you put your trust in the sanctity of the theater. You put your trust in the security of knowing that people aren't supposed to have their phone out. This is an experience that you are supposed to viscerally receive with your eyes, with your ears, with your emotions that you see with the show. That's why I love seeing like, you know, concerts and shows. And I try to make my best effort of don't record, especially like if I'm going to concerts, like don't record the whole thing. Like don't record your favorite song. Like live your, like live in that moment. Um, because like you never know what's going to happen. A lot of times when I've gone to like, Music festivals, I've only been to two music festivals, and when I've gone to music festival, like, grown up, like, I've gone to jazz festivals a lot, but, like, like, when I went to Music Midtown twice, and I got to see Sam Smith and things like that, like, you make friends with, like, the people who sit around you, um, and things like that, like, you get, like, there's just some comforting, like, cool, magical experience of seeing the theater, and someone took that away by leaking that video, so, yeah. Um, and then lastly on Get Social, Apple's discontinuing the iPod after 20 years, I believe, 20, 21 years. Um, I had an iPod. I had two iPods. Actually, I had a iPod Shuffle and I had an iPod Touch and love those things so much. I am so sad to see the iPod go, but she walked so... All of this form of handheld media could run. Um, and it's so crazy because I remember. What's it? I remember. Watching an episode of the Big Bang Theory. It was like in one of their first seasons. And um, I can't remember. Was it Raj? Or Leonard, like Roger Leonard, somebody was talking about an iPod and how they it was going to be better than CDs because of how much storage iPods had. And I think Sheldon was like, like nothing will be better than CD or whatever. Um, but it had many iterations. There was the iPod Color. Um, oh, I also had, I had a Shuffle. I had a touch. I had the iPod that had like the screen in it that was pink. 
I can't remember what that was, but it also had like the circle, like the touch screen thing where you could like click it to the next thing. Oh, I loved my iPod so much. I loved all of my iPods. Um, I liked the shuffle because of the clip aspect of it. I literally clipped it to myself so I could listen to music. It was great. Um, but so long, alas, till we meet again. So, yes, that was Get Social. That's what's been up with me. That's what I have observed in pop culture that I wanted to talk about this week. And now let's move on to 8-Track. So for 8-Track, um, I had to like think about the songs. I haven't listened to much music this week. Um, but the music that I have listened to, there's a song from Galise, G-Y-A-L-I-S called capella gray and i heard chloe do a cover of it and i was like oh i really like this song and i'm and i know it's like a an older song like it didn't come out recently um but i really like it so there's that song capella gray and then wait for you by future featuring drake and thames of course it's from future's new album i do like this song that's the only one I listen to. I listen to the popular songs. Um, Future is just not like a rapper that I listen to. Um, and like nothing if you like like him. Like there are like a few Future songs I like, but it's mostly like the ones that like get a lot of popular radio play. Um, but people who like love Future, like listen to his work top to bottom, like know his whole discography. Kudos to you. Um, but yeah. I think he's fine. I just, I think he just, like, this is, this, you can clearly tell that this is his outlet to deal with his problems with his relationships. Um, but sometimes he just be giving fuel to, like, misogyny's fire. And I'm like, chill. Just chill sometimes. But yeah, I also would like to say, I really like the cover art for his album. I like the aesthetic it gives. It's very, like, warm, moody, um, smoky. I feel like it smells like a cigar, probably smells I don't know but it smell like the smell would be smoky of some sort it gives me like drinking brandy from a dope looking you know old-fashioned glass like it's some sort of cool glassware um for sure it gives me like luxe like vintage luxe vibes with a new feel to it if that made any sense but yes so that song from future and then the heart part five by Kendrick Lamar so here's the thing with this song I had to listen to this with the lyrics on because I tried to listen to it without it and it was too much because of the the music was not synced to what he was saying in like the traditional way of the way like the words go with the rhythm of the music but I listened to it with the words and I liked it because I had something to focus on because my brain cannot focus on like the words and the beat and trying to like match them together um I had to give it a car listen you know because sometimes like you may not like a song when you're listening to it in your room but it bumps in the car um I feel like I'm gonna have to do that to this also people have been talking about his video and how it models like the black and white video how it models like the colors music videos on YouTube different things there's it's 
essentially people when making creative things when making art you it is hard to reinvent the wheel but if you have a concept that matches the aesthetic of the message that you're trying to get out with your art trying to convey with your art do it it's hard especially with the music videos like unless you are truly telling like a story of giving like how old school videos used to come with like this whole movie in it um or unless you're just giving us a concept like a basic concept you know you got to pull inspiration from somewhere so I do I have seen like from the stills and like the video like the small clips of the videos that I've seen um it looks pretty cool so I want I'm gonna watch the music video um so yeah and then the next song is from Kehlani um Any Given Sunday uh and this is from their project Blue Water Road and I like it I like anything that Kehlani does they are so gorge they make great music and also this week they went on some show promoting their album and the host or whatever like fumbled with their pronouns at the beginning of the show and in all honesty whether you I don't even want to say whether you acknowledge people's pronouns or not I don't because some people are like whether you use pronouns or not no everyone uses pronouns it is a part of speech like this is something that you cannot negate but whether you like intentionally honor people's pronouns or it's still a confusing concept just ask someone what their pronouns are it is not that hard it is not that weird of a question as people make it seem to be just because people are actually standing up and affirming what their identity is and like not taking crap for it doesn't give you an excuse to be a dummy just ask people what their pronouns are it's not that hard yeah boom I can't remember if I've told this story before, if I've already told it before. I'm sorry, I'm going to tell it again. But I was riding in the car with one of my friends and I looked at him and I said, one of my favorite things to do is to use people's they, them pronouns. Because if people have like traditional, like the binary, um, traditional gender binary pronoun, and then also the non-binary pronoun, they, so if they have like a she, they People will always default to what they're comfortable with. There's nothing wrong with that. But I like using people's they, them pronouns, like their non-binary pronouns, because it like affirms their identity to them and it makes them feel good. And like that's something I like to do for people is make them feel good. So, yeah. All right. Also, and what was so funny was that I was telling I was telling that story to another friend and they were like you know that's so great but also you're just being a decent human and you shouldn't get flowers for that but here we are because the bar is below hell um so yeah all right and then the last song is lie again by Giveon um I like it I like his voice his voice um, it's very jazzy, very sultry, very sexy to me. Um, so yeah, that's it. Oh, and then for podcasts, I've been listening to Guilty Pleasures with Garrick Bernard, Kelsey Dare, and Zach Kornfeld. They review movies. Um, and I like it. I listened to the Jennifer's Body episode because I never knew what Jennifer's Body was about, um, but learned a lot. And then, of course, Black Fluidity with Ebony and JoJo. 
hilarious, constant laugh. It feels like you're listening to, like, you're in the car with, like, your best gal pals. I love it. Um, In the Breeze Book Corner, same as it has been. Um, People you meet on vacation. I'm trying to power through that book so I can tell you guys a new book that I'm reading. Um, But, yeah, so that is everything for Get Social and 8-Track. This is going to be a long episode, so disclaimer already. I am so sorry. Um, But, yeah, so let's have a quick breaky break, and then we'll get on to the rest of the show. Alrighty. Hello, everyone. We are back with the Sunflower Chronicles. Sunflower Chronicles for this show. Um, and we're going to be talking about mental health. But before we get into that, because I was just humming this song during the break, the song Sweetest Pie by Dua Lipip with my Dua Lipa and Meg Vistallion, I thought I didn't like it. But now that like, it, it does become like an earworm after a while. Um, but yeah, so there is that piece of information. Do with it what you will. Um, but so let's get into the Sunfire Chronicles. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I thought I would talk a little bit about my frequently thought things around mental health. So... Because I was like, I can sit down and do this really formal. And I was like, I don't want to feel like I'm writing a paper for one of my psychology classes again. But I didn't want to like fly by the seat of my pants either because there was a lot I knew that I wanted to mention. And I feel like I had to mention and I wanted to make sure like I did like this topic's due diligence because it is so important for people to like understand and hear these things properly so yeah let's get into it um so like the first thing that I think about when I think of mental health I always think about like when I was younger I was always called sensitive um I was always being told you are so sensitive you cry too much and I still get told that like I take People tell me I take everything to heart. I do. But also, I've heard a lot of people say, and this may just be confirmation bias, but, like, I feel that truly the sensitivity I have towards things, towards my feelings, towards the way things and people make me feel, it is very intuitive. And it also lets people know, like, I'm not going to take your crap. Like... I'm going to let you know you hurt my feelings. Whether you decide to learn from that or not, whatever, is cool. But I I can't. And, like, crying is just my very first, like, it's my default emotion for whenever I need to express a big emotion such as, like, excitement, joy, happiness, anger, fear. I cry. And that's the thing that I think is the most annoying part about me also being very emotionally um, intelligent. Like also being called sensitive can also be translated as you're just emotionally intelligent as well. Um, Not in all cases, but in a lot of cases where I've seen like friends and stuff being called, they're too sensitive. They're actually very emotionally intelligent. Um, 
but oh where was I going with that what was I saying oh no I lost my train of thought I was being called sensitive emotionally intelligent oh I lost it no intuitive oh the thing that like I find the most annoying about myself is like the fact that whenever I'm angry I cry I hate that because I want to be able to express my anger without tears because I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by people crying because it's a very vulnerable thing but like I have cried in situations where I didn't want to cry. I, I've cried in situations where, like, I didn't want to give people the satisfaction of thinking they got one over on me. Um, I feel like I have wasted moments of crying. I don't regret crying, if that makes any sense, even after I said all that. I don't regret crying. I'm just upset that, like... I know with the people, with some of the people I've cried in front of in my life, like it gave them satisfaction of thinking, oh, like we got one over on her, whatever, whatever. You did it. Um, because I'm still more emotionally intelligent than all of you. I'm talking to the people in my life. They probably don't listen, but hey, yeah. Um, so yes. Also, I remember like by my dad specifically being told not to cry was just the dumbest thing ever. I'm a kid. I'm allowed to cry just because you weren't allowed. And I also feel like this for like, like both my parents and my parents' generation. I'm trying to like, I'm going through this thing of just like trying to hold them accountable for like my mental health, the way that they they affect my mental health, but also like the way that it affects them in a weird way. Um, I'm going through this whole thing with my therapist, this whole rigmarole, but like, being told like not to cry or why are you crying? I have to let this out. I'm not, I don't do well with pent up emotions. I I just don't. They affect me negatively, and also I can't pin up my emotions for long. I don't get why people hold grudges in the way that some people do. Like it's just like a th- weird thing to me. Like you hold this much emotion resentment whatever towards a person and you just don't say it even if it's like time has passed like for the most part like people who have held the grudge there still is room for you to like say what you have to say no matter how much time has passed you're just choosing not to because of pride truly honestly but yeah so there's that thought um but when I am called sensitive now I don't take it I try not to take it to heart um because I'm just a very empathetic person and I don't think I have heightened since I don't think I'm a person who has heightened sensitivity personality or a high heightened sensitivity personality is is HSP I think like that's the acronym it's like something that's in the DSM but like if there are people who are just highly sensitive and overreact to everything um I don't believe I'm that way. Also, I would have to ask my psychiatrist and my psychologist. Um, 
you know, like my therapist and my psychiatrist about this. Um, but I, at least I feel like I'm not that way, but yeah. So if you're being called sensitive now, that is not a reflection on you. That is the a reflection on like the person who is calling you that be sensitive, be sensitive forever. Because one, it shows that you are a freaking human. You have emotions. It shows that you have empathy and like just I wish that being called sensitive was never thought as a bad thing and also being told to cry as you're a kid like kids are allowed to cry like not even kids are allowed to cry people are allowed to cry if something upsets you and you feel like you have to cry just cry like let yourself have that release tears are purposeful biologically they are purposeful and the fact that people don't want that to happen is like trippy to me but yeah so there's that um so next some of these questions are like deep questions that I'm just going to give you like the high points to as well um so how did I know I was how I knew I was depressed so I didn't get officially diagnosed with depression until 2021 but I knew I have been depressed since 2016 because in 2016 I had just major life events happening from graduating high school to going to college in a completely different state to having a immediate family member that I had a very strong connection with like our relationship shifted and then before I could even say anything or we could even have like a conversation for that she got sick and her entire And she had a stroke. And so her entire, like, she's no longer that person that she was. So I had to grieve that relationship. Um, And then on top of that, like, I was failing classes. And I was, like, and then at the end of 2016, literally on the last day of the year, I almost died with pulmonary embolism. Um, And, like, that was a shocker to me and so continuing on from that point on it was like I was just letting I just let my emotions happen to me I slept so much I took naps every day I wanted to go to class like I wanted to learn I wanted to be good at my major I knew I had the propensity to like live up to the the smarts that I know I have for lack of better words and sentence formation at the moment but like there was just something in me that kept me from doing that and I didn't know what it was and then when people were talking around like oh are you going through depression things like that I'd be like no 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 no. it's fine it's fine it's fine but when I went to the counselor and he was like or okay so let me not say I didn't get officially diagnosed in 2022 so like um I think I just, it, it felt official because it was like a non-school thing. But like in 2017, that's I think when I first started seeing my counselor and stuff like that at college. But, you know, I had like being told that like, hey, I think you, you have like generalized anxiety disorder. You have depression you're an anxious, depressed person. 
I didn't know how to feel about that because I knew myself to be such a happy, bubbly, bright person. But then when I go back through the events of my life, so much, so many things from my childhood, the way I acted, the way so much stuff played out, it makes sense why I am depressed, why I am anxious. Um, and yeah, so how I knew I was depressed is someone told me, but like when I had the realization of that, oh, you're not supposed to do X, Y, and Z, or, oh, this was actually a symptom of depression. I just thought I was lazy or, oh, I just thought I didn't have motivation, the drive. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't capable. Um, yeah, so that's how I knew. And then how my anxiety, and on top of that, like with the depression, the anxiety, like how did it um, manifest in my life? I've always been a very anxious person. Um, like, I've just always been anxious at, like, weird scenarios where people shouldn't be anxious. Like, as a kid, I always had this big fear of being kidnapped. I still do. Um, of just, like, or something happened to me and, like, not knowing how to get home, not knowing how to get contact with someone. So I still make it a point to memorize people's phone numbers um, just for the simple fact of if I need to call somebody on a payphone, on someone else's phone, I remember their number. Like... Yeah, there is, there is that. That also just unlocked a weird memory of me saying that unlocked a weird memory of college of how people would go to parties and get like smacked, like get lit, super, super drunk and write people's names and phone numbers or write their name and their cell phone number on themselves. That is, you can clearly tell frontal lobes not developed at all oh I say that as my frontal lobe is still developing um I'm 23 by the way if anyone wants to know um but yeah so like my anxiety manifested in ways like that manifested in ways of being a people pleaser manifested in ways of being nervous to get news, being terrified of phone calls. Like I hate talking to people on the phone at all. Whenever people call me, I assume it's for bad news. I never assume it's good news. I never assume that, oh, you're just calling to talk to me. Um, texting, like, you know, all of these things that like I didn't know were signs of anxiety just showed up and it's like, okay, these are the things that are happening. But now that I know what those things are, I also know how to combat them and know how to better equip myself for handling these big emotions. And every day is, every day is a hard day. Every day I have to take moment by moment truly to deal with like depression and anxiety. But each day that like, I do something small for myself feels like a victory or each day that I just let myself be with these emotions, whether I've done something for myself or not, is also a victory. Also, 
I should give a tri- tri- like trigger warning for mental health issues, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So it is it is hard. It is scary to know that like like to, it's also scary to like tell your family members that like hey I have like these mental health conditions. They're very real. They are very real repercussions for them. I take medicine for them, all of that stuff. Um, it's hard to tell them. And especially as like a black woman who has black parents, like I was terrified to tell my parents. I told my mom, she was like, on the anxiety thing, she was like, I've been new girl. Like, what what were we doing? Like, we didn't, we didn't need a formal diagnosis. I can tell you for that one. But like with the depression thing, I think it took her back of like, oh, yeah I didn't know um and so it's still a learning thing with my mother and my dad every every day it's still a learning thing with this whole mental health and forming like relationships forming adult relationships with your parents of ways of like you want to get better because I truly want like relationships with my parents but like having to heal from the hurt that they caused, whether it was intentional or unintentional, like healing from that. And then also like moving forward of how to be happy, healthy, and whole. That's what my therapist says, being happy, healthy, and whole. But like moving on to those things with those things, is like hard, you know, you got to take it day by day, moment by moment. Um, but I remember I told my dad and my dad was like, you're not depressed. Like you, have a bubbly disposition (laughs) like you you're you're cheerful you laugh a lot like you you have a bubbly personality you're so happy quote-unquote happy all the time um there's a song from Perrymore Perrymore from Paramore on the After Laughter album called Fake Happy and it resonates so hard I also love that Paramore makes happy music for sad people because it sounds like the fake hat. That whole album sounds so cheerful, so bubbly, so bright. But the lyrics are deep cuts, deep cuts, deep cuts. Um, but I love, 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 love um, Fake Happy, that song. Um, because there were moments when I was fake happy. Like I would just put on being happy because I was supposed to be happy like I remember someone described it as like oh whenever you get in arguments or tough things happens like you just move past it and there's some stuff where I like do move past it from but like other moments it was like I was never allowed to like express my emotions I was never allowed to like feel my feelings for the time period that you need to feel my feelings like I remember like with the big decision that I was talking back at the way at the top of this episode of like waiting for this big decision. And I was telling my mom about it. I was like, I'm so nervous. And she was like, okay, well, if, if it doesn't work out, like you're not going to get bummed about it. You're just going to move on to the next thing. And I told her, I was like, yeah, but like, I'm going to be sad about it for a few days. Like if it just doesn't happen. Um, and she was like, no. And I'm like, yeah, I'm allowed to be sad about it for a few days, but I'm also know that I have other plans in place for myself this is just a plan that didn't work 
because I told her, I was like, you know, I've been looking forward to this dream, this goal for, for years. And I've had to alter plans to get to the end of this goal for so long that like, I like, it's going to be hard to like, see this goal essentially go back down to the bottom of like my goal dreamless um if that does happen and I'm going to speak positively about it I'm going to speak it into existence that I'm not going to have to grieve this dream that I'm going to celebrate this dream and it's going to be just a great moment and there's going to be satisfaction knowing that like my hard work and my prayers and my determination my will the positive energy that I just put into this goal like it's going to happen but yeah um so those are those thoughts um also like I would like to say yes there are days when I struggle with um unaliving ideation um and those are days like I really struggle and I had to like like snap myself out of it and like know that like those are just really rash rash thoughts for short bursts of like anxiety and depression like when you get into an overload maximum it's kind of like you just hit your you hit you feel like you've hit the roof and that's like the only option um and so those days are hard but like I try to like call myself that's when I do like extreme self-care like I'm gonna watch only funny things I'm gonna eat the food I want to I'm going to like go into my little self-care cocoon um until I feel safe and so yeah those days are hard I truly get scared um on those days but I know that um That there are resources, there are people who are willing to listen. Um, and yeah, you just have to reach out to those people. So, yeah. Um, I will also leave the National Suicide Prevention Hotline phone number in there. Also, there's a now there's a trans suicide hotline prevention number. I think the Trevor Project also has a phone number. So, leaving all of those resources in the metadata. So we all can be safe and, um, yes, like whenever I talk about that, I always like want to leave on like a cheery note of like, oh, you have purpose and oh, like there are better days beyond that, like beyond those feelings. And like, yes, that is true. Like everyone does have a purpose, but like, it's okay. It's okay to like feel sad that you have those thoughts, but like, um, like I don't know it's just your joy like your joy will come like that constant joy will come or those things that like will keep you feeling good for like the moments when you truly need them the most those things will come um so yes and also I just feel very like weird and sensitive about talking with it because there's been a lot of like um like suicides on my timeline um and it's very jarring it's very scary to see how like real and tangible 
that thing is um like some like people completed that um um and it is it's very scary it's unnerving for me um but I try to do my best with handling those thoughts and yes I want to talk about some of those things that I do that help my mental health but yes I just wanted to talk about that I feel like I had to um what else um the next thing I have on here is thoughts on mental health medication my thoughts on mental health medication are take them they're the best things ever um I truly you know people are like some people are just I learned this word very crunchy very much like whole foods non-gmo a very organic elite health like essential oils and you know we don't take medication all that stuff okay great for you the way my body is set up I need medication to survive I am grateful for science to being able to put to compound serotonin boosters in my in a little chalky substance and I can pop it in my medicine with some juice in the morning I'm glad for those medications I am glad that they are there to keep me here um if it was not for those medications I don't know where I would be truly I can say that so those mental health medications have saved my life antidepressants anti-anxieties have anti-anxiety medications have saved my life have saved the lives of many of my friends family members and there's so much a stigma so much of a stigma especially in the black community of talking about mental health things when there shouldn't be like you everyone has mental health whether people choose to address it or not to or not but like your mental health will address you if you do not address it your mental health will come knocking at your door I saw a TikTok where it was like there is no person that checks on me more than depression does and I was like I feel that because she be at my doorstep she just be sitting at the end of the driveway she just walks up and down walks up and down walks up and down that's her um and her little companion anxiety too but talking about mental health medication taking mental health medications mental health access resources just your mental health story alone like talking about your struggles whether you're having good days bad days how you overcome how you get through especially in the black community it is so important to tell these stories share these stories and I can only imagine for other minority groups as well sharing this is so important because I know speaking for the black experience there's like generations and generations on top of you know millennials and (laughs) Gen Zers of like saying oh you talk about your feelings or oh you're too soft or like their pride gets in the way of like you know caring about what other people think like my grandparents and my parents generation of keeping up with the joneses 
caring about what people think for outside perceptions of you, whether they're like, oh, no, 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 we're just strong. We're mentally tough. No, you care about what other people think because you don't want to be like, oh, well, they sent so-and-so to the mental hospital. I've had relatives. I had a immediate relative, like immediate, immediate relative go through a big mental health crisis and no one. And granted, it's not a child's like this is something where it's like it's not a child's place to know. But also it is being upfront, honest with a child so they don't have to speculate about what's going on when you say, oh, a relative is sick, quote unquote, because I'm thinking, oh, she's sick with the flu. She's sick with the cold cancer, like all those things. Not like, oh, she has mental health issues and she's going to get help. That would have been it. But no, nobody said anything. They just let me assume things. They put me in situation. I was put in situations when it was not the safest for me. And it was also not the safest for this relative. But we were both in the situation together and everyone was freaking out and getting mad at me. when I didn't know because nobody told me. Um, but that's just personal grievances now that I'm <laughs> talking about on my podcast. Hey. Um, but yes, so love mental health medication. <laughs> Don't know that I got that across. Um, yes. So talking about mental health in the black community is so important, like I said, um, in having mental health representation in all groups, especially because like I am religious and like it is such it's it's still very much a taboo to talk about like your mental health problems, the fact that you take mental health medication like like if people can talk about, oh, I got to take blood pressure pills or oh, I got to take pills for I have to take medicine for like other medical conditions. This is a medical condition. I have to go see a licensed professional who went to eight years of medical school to be able to give me these medicines. I'm talking about them if I have to to be like, oh, well, you seem so you seem so cheery. What's up with you? I'm like, mm, it's the Wellbutrin. <laughs> It's, it's the anti-anxiety medication for me, but like truly, honestly, talking about mental health medications in ways that aren't stigmatized, that aren't ways to make people feel bad. Like I want to hear people talk about these things because these are things that I struggle with. And if I feel like if truly, if my parents were more open with their emotions or their mental health struggles, I feel like I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that like I wouldn't deal with depression and anxiety, but like it would be an easier conversation. It wouldn't feel like I was like walking on eggshell to tell my parents these things. Um, and yeah, but like, and I, and I can imagine for a lot of like people in my generation or millennials who are like trying to talk to their parents and things like that about their mental health issues it's hard it's scary it's like ah they like they start asking you these so many questions and it's like when you held them accountable for something they they back up but mental health representation is so important talking about mental health is so important because you see so many stars, like, for example, like Naomi Judge, she's not black, but like she had depression and she killed her. She, um, she completed suicide by the day before she was getting inducted into the country singer hall of fame. 
with I think with her daughter um but like it it is so it is so sad that people find these things taboo or like these are things you shouldn't talk about in the open these are things we need to talk about just how we have go red for heart health month and um Movember and breast cancer awareness in August and we have all of these like wear yellow for childhood cancer like we have all of these things talking about hey let's care for our health but then when it comes to mental health it it is hush hush it is it's oh, taboo um no we should be talking about this we should be shouting from the rooftops about mental health like and it shouldn't just be, rele- like, all, with every single health condition, it shouldn't just be relegated to the months that they're celebrated. These things should be talked about all year long because they affect people all year long for the entire livelihoods of their lives. And it's like, talking about your mental health saves lives, save counts, can save countless lives. If you're open, and even if you don't know what to say in regards to what they're saying, just being there to listen and being there, I don't know what to say, but... I can, I, I'm willing to help you find someone who, who does that goes way farther than just saying, Oh, I, yeah, it's whatever, like just brushing it off, you know? So yes, but those are my frequently thought thoughts on mental health things. Um, I'm going to try to wrap it up because this episode is going to be almost an hour and 30 minutes long. I'm so sorry. I'm probably going to edit a big chunk out of this episode. So I can try and get it at least under an hour and 30. Um, But I would like to tell you some things that I like to do that help my mental health. Also share some uh, TikTok and Instagram accounts that are mental health focused. Um, So yes, so things that help me are watching YouTube TV shows and movies. And granted, I watch and I like to scroll on TikTok. And I didn't want to put social media on here because people were like, well, social media is anxiety inducing. Anything... Any media, any media medium can be triggering um, for people. But when I'm talking about what I do for self, what I do for self care that helps my mental health, I'm clearly doing it in the aspect of this is positive. This is like giving my brain a warm hug, making me feel warm inside, making me feel happy, joyful. That's what I'm watching. Because some people will be like, oh, that's, why are you doing that? Because that's what I like to do. This, this, this is me. Um, comfort. Let me see. I made a list of this and I thought I would never share it. But I guess my list of comfort YouTubers are. Um, wait, let me see. Okay, my comfort YouTubers are Wild Wild Love, which is Amber and Ben Wallens. Um, and now they have a daughter named Wild. Um, but them from, I know her from TikTok and then I followed their YouTube account. So yes, Amber Martin, Raven Elise, Aaliyah's Face, um, 
Megan Ranks, Desi Perkins, Katie, Samantha Joe, Jenica and Annika, Trixie Mattel, Binging with Babish, The Kitchen and Jorn Show, Try Guys, Good Mythical Morning, Jesus and Marrow. Did I leave off anybody? Don't think so. There may be some new some some new faves in there, but those are like the people on YouTube that I go to that I can watch that I know will make me feel good. So yes, the next and then also my comfort movies um, are The Golden Girls, Living Single, Friends, um, Grey's Anatomy, NCIS, Rizzolian Isles, Bones, uh, NCIS, New Orleans, Criminal Minds, uh, Steven Universe, The Nanny, Bob's Burgers is definitely one of my comfort shows. Um, hey Arnold. Charlie's Angels is another comfort movie. Turning Red and Encanto have become comfort movies for me to watch. Um, Rush Hour, all of them are comfort movies for me to watch. Um, The Proud Family movie is a comfort movie. Um, What else? Up is a good comfort movie. Kung Fu Panda, Despicable Me. Like, I'm just thinking, like, all of those movies just make me feel good. I can turn them on randomly. Yes, those are comfort shows, movies. Just to just, like, there's more. But those are, like, ones that I immediately, like, gravitate towards. Um, read books, of course. <laughs> um, do puzzles. Uh, I love to do puzzles. I recently found out that they make miniature, like 50 piece puzzles. I would not do a miniature puzzle over a hundred pieces simply because the puzzle pieces are too tiny, but I will do a miniature 50 piece puzzle. I'm tempted to buy them. Um, the only reason I found out about them is for work, but I will buy a miniature 50 piece puzzle cause I can do it in my bed on my little tray table thing. <laughs> but I do like doing puzzles with my mom. That was something we did over the pandemic. I love to do yoga. I try to go once a week, but it seems like every other month, all of my weekends get busy and booked. Um, but I try to do yoga once a week. Walk. Um, I also use this as an excuse to listen to music and pretend that I'm in a music video. Like when I go walking, I just pretend I am the baddest bitch on the block. Like <laughs> that is, that is it. But that is my excuse for going to walk. Um, of course, also to train for like 5Ks and things like that. But with my knee, I have, I, I'm relegated to walking and walking on flat level courses. So there's this one park that is like 15 minutes away from my house that I do drive to. Yes, with these gas prices to walk for the sake of my knee health because my neighborhood is too hilly and I don't want to walk my tennis court a million times just to reach three miles because I can't I refuse um let's see dance parties in the bathroom yes after I get out of the shower and you know I'm putting on my lotion I do a little dance party it makes me feel good about my body it makes me see my body in like a sexy way if that makes sense like I had a hard time you know feeling that like my body was desirable um, that people found me attractive, people found me beautiful. So like doing dancing mindlessly and like catching glimpses of myself in the mirror, depending on what song it is, like those things help boost boost my mood, boost my serotonin. Um 
singing in the shower. Yes, I have a full-fledged concert in the shower. And like I said earlier, I have sang my whole life. Um, I have been blessed and fortunate that I have a pretty good singing voice, if I do say so myself. Um, In a dream life, I would love to pursue music and singing and being a background vocalist, things like that. Those are like on my big, big like life dream board. But um, until I get back singing regularly in a choir or things like that, um, I sing in the shower to keep my vocal chops rusty because I remember... I stopped dancing and the first time I danced after the pandemic because I took like a whole year off of dancing because I was dancing in college every week and then I stopped when the pandemic stopped and I don't have my splits anymore. (laughs) I don't have as much flexibility as I did. Like when you stop doing skills, like athletic skills, like your body really tenses up. So yoga is also helpful for that. Um, Paint, make art. I, um... I love this. Also, it doesn't have to be good. The art doesn't have to be good. Um, Crying helps my mental health. Taking a nap helps my mental health. Um, Don't doom scroll. This helps my mental health. Doom scrolling is essentially like with like with politics and climate and social justice things. Like it's so easy to get caught up in doom scrolling where you just get you just only see the like the crappy parts of the world um and you just scroll and it just keeps making you progressively sadder I try not to do that I'm actually very good at not doom scrolling because I can't I don't have like I don't I I don't I can't like I I that is something I've set boundaries on of like hearing bad news of dwelling on the worst things in the world that is something I have had to set hard boundaries on because it truly makes me viscerally upset to the point where I could possibly trigger warning throw up like I don't like it um and the thing with like not doom scrolling is it's not an excuse to like not of course be like socially aware of things going on but there are better ways that you can positively do that of look of ways of how you can have a positive impact without overwhelming yourself with all of like this negative things um yes so essentially it's like humanely consuming news kind of sort of where it's like you don't constantly make yourself sad by scrolling the news um also I'm a big fan of stopping things when it feels like I'm maxing out my mental capacity so that I literally when I say every sense of the word I mean it like if I don't have the mental capacity to go to work I call in for mental health days I only had to call in for like one mental health day but like whether it's on Instagram watching a TikTok watching a movie listening to a podcast radio show different things if I feel like I'm maxing out my mental capacity of like it doesn't make me feel good or I'm having too much dissonance going on in my mind I stop okay and then um I talk to my therapist that helps (laughs) big ups to that um take my medication that helps also setting true boundaries and this means actually telling people your boundaries and not using the term boundaries as an excuse to like dip on people I've had to um 
I've had to learn, learn that. Um, so, um, yeah, like using, using that as a, using boundaries as an excuse to like not hold hold yourself accountable of just avoiding things and things like that like truly setting boundaries that's something I'm working on because I'll be like oh I set a boundary but I just avoided the thing I didn't set a true boundary I just avoided it I just ran away um so yeah but those are things that help my mental health I would love to know what helps your mental health what are your comfort tv shows do you like to do puzzle do you like to do exercise do you like to cook I also like to cook for my mental health I like to bake um what are things that you like to do that like gives your brain just a big old hug like sometimes you just gotta wrap your arms around your brain and just like just mm, squeeze it love it mm-hmm. um also give yourself a hug go get a hug hugs have been scientifically proven to boost your mood give yourself a hug um yeah and so I'd like to wrap up this episode quickly with some social media accounts on TikTok and Instagram that I love um that talk about mental health so um this first person is uh Maithe Elizabeth so she is a black woman in New York and she the reason I found her was for Taylor Swift things she talks about Taylor Swift songs which I love um hearing her perspective of it but also she talks about her mental health struggles and like her everyday things and truly just seeing someone talk about their mental health struggles as it's happening and not doing like the filtered pretty version of it but like this is like the the true version of it that in itself is very beautiful it's very vulnerable to see that but it takes a lot of strength and courage to share those things and so I'm grateful for her I'd love to have her on the podcast one day but yes Maite Elizabeth um and then Peace From Within she works with like anxiety intrusive thoughts and OCD um things like that I um recently like when the like in the middle of like last year um, I started getting really bad intrusive thoughts and OCD sort of happened. And so that diagnosis is like been talked about between my, on my mental health team, but I definitely do have intrusive thoughts. Um, but I found her when I was trying to find like information on that, on like social media, like trying to do like a quick instant search rather than going to Google and being inundated with a lot of information. I found her and she is great. Um, there's also uh, a TikTok account called ADHD while black and I love it. It's comforting to see black people talk about mental health or having whole accounts about like about their mental health, whether it's ADHD, anxiety, depression. Like I love that. I love to know that there are people out there like me and clearly I'm not the lone person, but just like seeing someone like visible on social media, it's great. Um, and then on Instagram, there's Kira the Advocate. She's also a black woman who advocates for mental health, um, for black and people of color. Let's see who else. OCD friends. They make cute memes about OCD and intrusive thoughts. And if you are a person who has intrusive thoughts or have OCD and those, they're just really cute to look at because they're like relatable. (laughs) 
and things like that. Um, Your Anxiety Toolkit is also a really good place. The Depression Project and um, those are good places to get like information, just quick statistics and things like that. Um, Rosie's Magical World. Now she is a Disney adult, but she does talk about, she's recently started talking about her um, her depression and things like that. And I just really like it. I like in some way, like seeing Disney adults and Harry Potter adults in adults who embrace these like childlike things, quote unquote, are very cute, not cute, are just very like great and comforting to see them like the magic that being like a Disney adult or Harry Potter adult or different things like that, like of being quote unquote nerdy or geeky over those things. Like I love it. I'm a big Disney fan. Um, you know, like things like that. Um, I'm a big fan of Harry Potter things in ways that don't support the turf. Um, but you know, just like, seeing those people like do it and I also love that she's a black Disney adult I love seeing black Disney adults there's a few big ones on TikTok um yes and then lastly the last um person on TikTok is um the cognitive corner so she is a therapist she's a black therapist on TikTok um she's based in Canada but she makes like cute videos. She's the person who like called me out for like boundaries and things like that. But she looks like Kelly Rowland. Like if Kelly Rowland, like she's Kelly Rowland's doppelganger. Just look her up, the Cognitive Corner on TikTok. You will see it. You will see it. So if I, um, yeah, so this was the big mental health episode. Um, I would love to have one of my friends come on, um, and talk about mental health I feel like it'll like just talking about mental health all year round um but I have tons of friends who love talking about mental health and like reducing the stigma breaking the stigma of it um but yeah so if I can leave with some advice some just like a quick PSA around mental health is the fact that don't use mental health as buzzwords just don't like don't use oh I'm so depressed or oh I'm so anxious or oh I'm so OCD it's a really big one don't use it or oh I'm having intrusive thoughts and using it in the wrong context those are real illnesses debilitating illnesses for people um like no one would use cancer as an adjective um and like in a joking way no one would use you know, major illnesses as adjectives, as ways to like describe minute things. So there are better ways to describe how you're feeling without invalidating the experiences of people who have mental illnesses. If you're sad, just say you're sad. People should not not take your sadness serious just because it's not as serious, just because it doesn't have the brevity and the gravity uh, that depression does. If you're sad, say you're sad. For me, if a person says they're sad, I will still take it just as serious because everyone is going to have a sad day. If you are nervous for something, say you're nervous. If you are super particular 
about the way you do things, say that you are particular about it. You are not OCD. Obsessive Christmas disorder is not a thing. If you really love Christmas, say you really love Christmas. Because I really love Christmas, but I would never say I have OCD, obsessive Christmas disorder. No, that's just not a thing we do. Mental health are not buzzwords. They're not adjectives. They're not big chunks of glitter that you just get to throw on things to make yourself seem shiny. Mental health, these are real things, real words that impact real people. People that you know could often impact yourself. So, you know, if you're sad, say you're sad. If you're nervous, say you're nervous. Um, And I say that with as much love as I can. It's just very frustrating to see people use like those words as just like, ah, I'm so, I'm just feeling so depressed today. Girl, you're sad. Just say you're sad. And you can, and you have the right to say you're sad. You get to feel all of those emotions as well. Um, but yes, this has yet been another episode of the Sunflower Chronicles. I hope that you all have enjoyed it. This episode is going to be so long. I am so sorry, but I just had a lot of things to say and it was super important that I shared them as it is in Mental Health May. Um, but yeah. I have been your lovely host, Brie, and I'm just a black 20-something girl. Oh, wait. Please go follow me on Instagram, on TikTok, on the pod's Instagram. Email the pod. Comment on this Instagram post for this episode. What are your favorite things to help your mental health? What gives your brain a hug when your brain needs a hug? Let me know. But yes, it has been your girl, Brie. I'm just a black 20-something girl trying to make it in this crazy, crazy world with a little bit of sunshine and laughter to help along the way. And as always, please, please, please stay safe and stay sunny. Bye, y'all.